0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and I don't know about you, but I kind of wish spring would hurry up and get here. Uh, if I had my opportunity, I would take my bow, I would drive up to Pennsylvania, and I would shoot that groundhog who said there was going to be six more weeks of winter, and I don't know if if you're listening to this on the Friday that this episode is actually released, iowa got hit with another slammer snowstorm and we got i don't even know six more inches of snow on top of the 14 inches that uh, we already had over the last three weeks so i'm sick of scooping my driveway i'm sick of um getting water tracked in the house from the kids and you know how it is iowa winter but i'm complaining about things that happen every year so that's uh that's not going to change but we have a really good episode today and I'm on the phone today with Ryan Graydon. And Ryan and I kind of have a little discussion about things that we can be doing right now that are going to improve our odds in the Deer Woods for this upcoming 2021 season. We talk about scouting, we talk about um, trail cameras, we talk about um, gear, we talk about shooting our bows, a uh, whole bunch of different things. It's it's kind of a, a really quick in-your-face episode uh, to the point. Hopefully you can listen to this on your way to work or while you're on the treadmill or, or cooking supper or whatever, but it's uh, about 30 minutes, so hopefully you guys uh, uh, enjoy it. Right, Because I don't know about you, but the second that the hunting season is over, there's like a two week period where I, I don't do much thinking about it. And then it's right back in to thinking about strategy and tactics and things that I can be doing to improve my odds for the next season. So before we get into the episode, though, we got to do a quick commercial from our partners at quiet cat have you ever considered using an electric bicycle to get deeper into the backcountry well quiet cat is the leader in off-road electric mountain bikes and will guarantee greater accessibility to areas that are impossible or extremely difficult to access compatible compatible with an assortment of of accessories quiet cat is here to outfit your next adventure haul more gear in and haul your game out with quiet cat Go check out their full lineup of e-bikes at www.quietcat.com. All right, let's get into today's episode with Ryan Graydon. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Ryan Graydon. Ryan, how we doing, man?
1: Good, Dan. How you
0: doing? I'm doing pretty good. So you're going to have to remind me, what part of the state do you live in?
1: Well, you know, hunters never give away their (laughs) spots, but uh, yeah. I uh I actually live right in the center of the state. Little just outside of a little town called Dayton, Iowa.
0: Gotcha. Did and you get I hit with all this live snow?
1: Where I work.
0: What's that? Did you get hit with all this snow today?
1: Oh, we are digging out. Yes. Yeah. It's it's quite deep. So
0: Yeah. Man, I, I tell you what, uh yesterday. I went out into the timber. I had one trail camera left that I, you know, said to myself, I better get this thing out. I haven't checked it since late October. So I went in there thinking, Hey, it would just be an easy walk, but I was high kneeing it all the way uh, to the, to the trail camera. And man, it just makes me like, it makes me feel sorry for the deer right now who are out there (laughs) there, just trying to survive.
1: Oh, my goodness! They are tough animals, you know, yeah, and I've often wondered that same thing how How do they do it but but that's what makes them so incredible, so
0: yeah, um, I don't know do you guys you guys have a lot on the ground right now?
1: We do, yeah, i mean i would I would say between the uh, snow we got last week and this week, we probably have ten or twelve inches uh where we where we live, so yeah,
0: same here same here, man. It's Mm -hmm. just like, they don't, they can't take advantage of that egg, especially with that, um, the ice. So, you know, it's like a layer of snow, a layer of ice, and then another layer of snow and obviously more snow and ice today, depending on where you're, where you're at in Iowa. And they just don't dig through that like they can, if it's just a couple inches.
1: Right. Yep. And you, and you'll notice that It, it, it really changes when, when you're out in the timber and you can see where they're finding food it's different and it makes it tough so
0: yeah just out of curiosity do you ever like supplemental feed like do you ever throw corn out for them this time of year just to i, I don't know help them out in some way shape or form
1: i do yeah you know and i and i've, I've met guys that kind of go back and forth on that but for me and doing that i think it's um you know it's just me as a hunter i want to care for the herd, and especially now just as you said you gotta you've got a layer of ice in between those snows and it's getting tougher and tougher for those deer to find food. And if I want to, you know, a healthy herd to hunt next fall, um, absolutely. We, we usually throw out some apple corn. Uh, we just buy a Walmart just to give them something. And, um, and to tell you the truth, Dan, it, it also gives us an opportunity, you know, to see who's made it through the season and who's yeah. doing well and who's still around. Cause we put the trail cameras out and, um, you know, when you've got a good, good source like that, in conditions like we have now you're attracting a lot of deer oh yeah And so it, it makes it nice to kind of make a list of who's still around so
0: yeah that's a fact and i tell you that's a perfect transition leading into what we're going to talk about today and that mm-hmm. is what we can be doing now to help better mm-hmm. our odds for the 2021 uh, deer hunting season and uh, you wrote an article that's in the iowa sportsman magazine And uh, we're going to kind of cover all those points. I'll throw in a a couple um, uh, points and and we'll just kind of shoot from the hip on this one. But I think I'll I'll let you start. Is there Mm -hmm. one one thing, is there one thing that is above all, would you say, is probably one of the most important things people should do this time of year to help better their odds for next season?
1: Boy, I tell you if I could just kind of dumb it down to one sentence, you got to get out in the timber. Yeah. Um, and, and mainly what I'm looking for this time of year is trails and travel patterns. Absolutely. Uh, you know, cause uh, what I've found is at this time of the year, those deer are using the, the most trusted and best used trails. And those are trails that, you know, in the timber that I hunt, you know, I, I've been around hunting this timber since I was a kid with my dad and my uncles and my grandfather, and um, and those are still the same trails. You're talking the last 35 years; those yeah. are still the same trails that those deer have used. And so, so I want to get out there and see. Okay, are they still using those same trails? Or you know? And I even get down and you know, I've, uh, Dan, I've got four daughters, and so now we've got the whole grade clan out, kind of studying the herd and their movement and you're finding those trails, but okay, which which direction are the tracks leading? Are they coming out to food sources? Are they going in? You know, and so then we make mental notes. Well, this must be, you know, more of a, a bedding trail. They're going back into bedding areas. So we might hunt those more in the mornings. Uh, but you you're just kind of stacking notes for your fall and your, your yeah. summer, uh, early fall, late summer, and, and trying to put yourself in a position where, you know, you've done your homework, you know, where they're you, you know, the, the trails are using, and then you can, take advantage
0: of that so i'll tell you i'll tell you right now i think the fact that people just put their gear away and they don't think about it until velvet time is a huge opportunity loss for a lot of hunters uh so when I, it, it's awesome to hear you say that because one thing a lot of people are like well just because the, there's deer tracks here Uh, now doesn't mean that they're going to be here in the fall. That's, you know, one could argue that. But what I will say is the trails, how deer move through terrain can tell you a lot about deer movement in general. And then through other scouting throughout the year, historical information through trail cameras, and uh, let's just say in season hunting, knowing where vegetation is, those trails are like a map of deer movement. Mm -hmm. And if you can find once the vegetation grows back in and you're it's it's coming up on october and you find that edge or you find a, a, a scraper or a rub and then also knowing where the those trails are and how they use terrain can help you almost pinpoint where to put stands um come fall
1: absolutely i totally agree you know, and that that really we took advantage of that um big time this year i have four daughters, like I mentioned, the oldest one's 18, the youngest one is 10. And, uh, you know, between all four of them in the last 10 years, we've, they've harvested over 25 deer, 26 deer.
0: Nice. Um,
1: but this year alone, the two that are still young enough for the youth hunt, you know, we, we knew there was a, a food source an alfalfa field that they were using because of our late August scouting and, and just, uh, binoculars and, and, and scopes and stuff. And, and then you know this major trail that's been used for years we started setting up cameras on that and i'll tell you dan it didn't take us long to fill two tags with two tremendous bucks and yeah. these two little girls just made as an incredible harvest perfect shots and you know as a dad and passing that information down and then it's just they're seeing the benefit of that knowledge yeah and uh and it's yeah they're getting out there in the spring they're excited about it right now you know i got it my 10 year old is Dad, when are we going to get out? When are we going to go out? Well, you know, Dad has work and stuff, but she's pumped
0: about it. Well, it's cool. Uh, it's cool to see her being as as excited as you are. You know that that pesky work kind of gets in the way for a lot of things. It sure does.
1: man. Sure does. Yeah.
0: So so yeah, but, scouting, I guess, other than trails in in the snow, right? I mean, and the snow just lays it all out there for for you. Is there anything else? That uh, a guy should be looking for while he's out there doing this postseason scouting.
1: Yeah, so so our postseason scouting, you know, like I said, starts with those trails and those travel patterns. But then, you know, there's a couple other things that we are are also kind of keeping uh, an eye out for. And that, as we kind of go through the woods, number one, we're looking for sheds. You know, we'll we'll start actually this cold snap that we're going to have. I I believe that's going to start dropping sheds. Um you know, and so there's a couple of big bucks that you know, we patterned late summer that we didn't see much through the season and so I'm kinda of eager to get in the woods and see if we can find sheds knowing if they made it through. Um so that's one thing. But the other thing that we are looking for too is bedding areas. Yeah. Um you know those those melted oval shapes in the snow um that you don't get to see very often without it you know you you might come across in the fall timber an area where the you know the the leaves are matted down and you can tell something's laid there but uh i tell you what when you're walking through the the timber and the snow and you can look off 100 yards away and see eight of those melted oval patterns well then you start looking at that uh that terrain and go wow yeah this, this is a real brushy area or there's some tipped over trees you know kind of hinge cut trees not that we cut them but that's what they are you know those those bedding areas are another key thing that we're kind of putting into our prep for you know uh, the fall. We know that that's where they like to sleep. That's where they feel safe. That's where they feel protected. That's where they feel in the sun and keep them warm. So knowing that, well, again, you put that in with, well, where's the major trail there? Where's the food source? And then just begin to place your stands.
0: And so that's one of the other things that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, depending on how cold it is, uh, one thing I I guess I'll add is knowing, uh, you know, and this is this is some of the terrain that I hunt. You know, you have these big long ridges that kind of uh, you know file down or funnel down into some kind Mm -hmm. of some kind of creek system, and on the tips of those is where I tend to find most of those beds or in these thick bedding areas, and it will also kind of allow you to. To say, okay, they're betting here on this particular wind, and right, and I know, and I know that that may not be the case a hundred percent this time of year because thermal cover is very important. But one thing that I've always liked, you know, just like the trails that we talk to in the snow, when you can see their betting, I I mark those down on my Onyx or on a on my mapping yep. on my phone, and I say, okay, I need to get a stand let's just say it's a uh, East, it's an East facing slope. I need to get here on a West wind somehow. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, late October when these bucks start to, you know, when they're starting to, uh, cruise these downwinds of these bedding areas. And, uh, exactly. maybe that's where I need to have a tree stand.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's, that's, you know, that's where we, we, we kind of focus a lot of that, that, uh, Pre-rut and early rut um, setups is you know downwind of those bedding areas because um, you know years of years have shown both you know just uh, tracks as well as visually seeing it happen you know uh, probably much like you where you hunt these, these terrains and these thermals these these winds will come down these ridges and those bucks just like to follow the bottom of these ridges hoping to catch up us in, you know and so that's where yeah. we place a lot of our stands. But again, if you don't know where those bedding areas are, you don't know where to put your stand. Um, You don't know where to intercept those bucks. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So, you know, we could wrap that almost all into scouting, right? We're looking for, we're looking for sign, fresh sign. We're looking for maybe some rubs and some scrapes, you know, uh, that are left behind from the previous season. Um, You know, obviously the trails outside of the, the scouting, type of deal what else can a guy be doing to really focus on next year
1: well there's i mean again there's a lot of things that you could be doing to kind of get prepared for the next year um you know one of the things that we start kind of late spring or early summer is obviously thinking about food plots um thinking about um what we should be planting and and then i'm i'm a I'm a penny pincher kind of guy, you know, so, uh, with you got four comes, daughters, that's
0: a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. no brainer.
1: Yeah. And so when I moved, uh, into the community that we live in now, um, I made some friends with some, some farmers. And these are guys that, uh, have become pretty, pretty, uh, close friends. And, and they know I love hunting. Um, but what I, what I started doing with them is, you know, anytime they need help around the farm or an extra hand, I volunteer. Yeah. And, you know, so that might be driving grain carts in the fall when they're, when they're picking, you know, on a day that somebody can't make it or, or you know, just helping them clean up around a farm. And, and come springtime, when these guys get done planting, they call me when they've got extra seed. And so I oftentimes will end up with three or four bags full of corn and same with soybeans that that I can just go out and plant. Now, granted, it's a few weeks later than, than, you know, a normal farmer would plant them, but that that fruit plot still comes up, and all I have is my own sweat and equity into it. I don't have to spend a dime for it. Yeah. And so um, getting out there, yeah, planting those fruit plots, you know, that, that not only gives you an advantage come fall to hunt over, but it also is, is taking care of your herd. It's giving them a really good healthy, uh, diet through the summer. That's going to increase their weight also their, their antler growth. And that's a, that's always a good thing come fall when you're trying to make a harvest. So,
0: yeah, that's a, that's a fact. Uh, And that's one thing that I'll be honest with you. Um, in the past, I didn't used to do so much. I do a lot more of that, uh, these days. And that's especially guys who have knock on door permission, right? They're not leasing it um, they're not, it's not their own property, but if it's just a knock on a door, it's a family friend. If it's someone who's just giving you permission to hunt their farm, I, another, I, I feel like another, like people don't take that very seriously. To me, it, 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 I, I just took it for granted. I used to be like, Hey, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I I'll go, I'll hunt whenever I want, I'll come out. But, uh, now, nowadays, man, I've installed satellite dishes, I've fixed fence, I've, you know, like yep. I've chased <laughs> cattle back into their pastures and whatnot. And I help them out any chance that I get, because I know that they don't have to let me hunt on that farm. So anything that I can do during the off season to, you know, help them out is just going to solidify our relationship to let them, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, oh, this guy's a good guy. He, you know, he, he can definitely keep hunting here.
1: Right exactly yep you know there you just man, you just said something else and it establishes a friendship and yeah you know i'm so happy to say a few of those guys you know that i've become friends with who never grew up hunting um have started to hunt yeah. and and it's become something that's special between them and their boys now you know so uh being able to kind of get them going in this this new uh sport and they're and they're having success and they're they're sharing stories making memories man that that to me you know just as a a, a guy who loves hunting and, and had that experience with generations of my own family uh, getting an opportunity to help somebody start that within their family is, is pretty fun i mean it's yeah. incredible and yeah. uh, you know it's just yeah it's just getting more people into the sport that's a, a good sport to be a part of these days so
0: yeah uh, and, and just almost as like a, a part B of that is this time of year, um, I, again, I don't uh, – I'm, I'm a penny pincher just like you. I can't afford to buy my own land quite yet. Um, I can't I, – I don't want to lease yet. I, I'd rather save my money for like a Western trip, but Bro- I – this time of year uh, probably not when it's this kind of weather outside you know blowing snow real real nasty out but I will start the process of looking at farms that I would like to hunt finding where the landowner lives and knocking on doors and seeing if I can't shed hunt it which may lead to turkey hunting which may lead to eventually deer hunting so you know if I feel that as a hunter um, you know you can lose your farm and like that especially if it's just permission so always right. having a, another property in your back pocket could you know could save a season to be honest with you
1: absolutely absolutely yep and, and this is the time to be watching you know, one of the things that we do as we're driving in the evenings now is <clears throat> is counting deer you know yeah. my my daughters love to count deer you know so we're just cruising and when you start to see deer popping out every evening on a certain property that's one of those properties that you kind of Make a mental note of, you know, and you try to get to know those people. And, you know, and then a lot of times nobody's ever asked them, uh, yeah. surprisingly. You know, you, you just, nobody's ever asked. yeah, you bet. You can go ahead and hunt it and go, wow, yeah. incredible. Thank you. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, you, it, it pays to be a little bit social as a hunter and, yeah. uh, and be friendly and, and the benefits, yeah, you can reap them. So, what's next on the list? Well, I think another thing, you know, that we do through the summer uh as a family and and again i you know i think i i share a lot about my daughters but that is kind of my hunting world now is is uh, my dad me and my daughters it's kind of our our family but in the summer we do a lot of um, just getting together and we might do some shooting you know we just practice sharpening our skills um the girls hunt with a muzzle loader and so getting out and doing some target practice really concentrating on squeezing that trigger, um, you know, um, finding the right spot. We, we look at deer pictures, and, we'll if the deer is standing at this angle, is it an ethical shot, or should you wait? You know, what if this is the only angle you have? When would you be aiming? You know, so we just discuss a lot about that through the summer months. And we also, you know, one of the things that I love doing, I think it's, it's, it's just really neat, is, um, you know, we like to take a lot of hikes in the timber that we hunt, and we're, we're counting fawns. Um, you know, we're looking for those little ones that are um, out and about. A lot of times we find them hiding, you know, so it's kind of a neat thing to do. Uh, but, you know, just seeing how healthy things are, you know, when, you're, when your does are dropping twins and triplets um, in the area you know that something's going right, you know, they're a very healthy herd, and, and that's just increasing your population, you know, in years to come, and, and that's a good thing all around. So that's one of the summer things that we do, not – and not to mention the the scouting, the evening scouting. You know, we get out. Um, the girls love getting on top of Dad's truck, you know, because that's just fun. But we'll we'll get the tripod out, we get the binoculars out, we get the camera out, and just start filming those deer and seeing you know, them come out with bright orange coats and getting excited. And you know, it's just a fun pastime to do during the summer, but it's productive. You know, yeah. it's got a it's got a purpose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let me ask you this. I, I'm, I am the guy that I'm asking you if you are. So if that makes sense. So here's what I'm, I'm, I'm not, man. And I feel horrible saying this because I want to do better at this. Once the season is over, I spent so much time, you know, I went to South Dakota twice this year. I went to Michigan this year. I went to, uh, uh and then obviously like a, a week or two, in the rut where i just i'm i'm gone right so mm-hmm. once i get home i kind of just dump everything out and I, I put it all away and i don't shoot my bow anymore until it starts to get a little warmer out i i are do you shoot your bow all year round
1: i try to yeah, yeah i really do um uh you know shooting my bow to me i i you know you just there's a benefit of obviously honing your skills, but for me, it's, it's a bit of a escape, you know, yeah. uh, just a kind of a relaxing moment, you know? So, and, and fortunately, you know, I'm maybe I'm, I'm probably luckier than the average guy, but I, you know, I, I live at a place where we have some uh, barns and some open machine sheds that kind of allow me a little bit of indoor space. So even in elements like this, if I really wanted to, I could get out, um, get that bow uh, working in and I'll tell you too the benefit of, of kind of practice practicing some shooting in colder weather is you know shooting a bow in colder weather is a little bit tougher um, yeah you know, are back and and holding it just you know there's just physics of that bow in colder weather that uh, make it a little more difficult and so having that practice and, and creating that muscle memory of shooting your bow in colder weather will help you if you're and the hunting later on into the rut or even into the winter months with your bow, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can say I you know I do a more more summer shooting than I do in the winter and the spring. But if I can get out and if I find a time where I'm, you know, I have nothing that I'm committed to, you bet I'm I'm going to shoot if I can. So
0: yeah, man, that's something I really need to work on. I, I am I'm getting. I don't want to say I'm getting worse at it, but I need to, I, I just got off the phone. I'll be honest with you with a guy who is a really good deer hunter, but he's a really good deer Mm -hmm. hunter, partly because he's a really good archer and he, he shoots all year round. And I feel like if I want to become a better at killing deer, one of the things that I need to be better at is shooting my bow and accuracy Mm -hmm. and all that's just just becoming one with my weapon and um i think this year uh, as a matter of fact even though i may not can't shoot tonight i may just go get my bow and draw it back like 10 times right and just hold it you you know hold my pin on an exposed screw in my garage and just hold it there and then go back and then do it again and it's something right
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. yep and that's you know I, I'll tell you I was I was inspired years ago I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to just meet some of those guys in the industry and John Dudley's one of those guys that I met 10 or 12 years ago who's an incredible you know archer hunter right um lives now down in southern Iowa but he was hunting the property that I was hunting at the same time and and I remember uh uh one night he killed a buck and I I, I was able to kind of help him with that and, uh, ask him the details of that. And, you know, John shot Olympic teams and stuff like that. And, uh, and I found out that, you know, that, that buck was standing at like 50 or 60 yards and, and he drilled that thing and it just dropped, you know, but he intentionally shot it that way. He, he, he wanted to hit it on the marks So it was getting dark. He didn't want to trail it. And <laughs> I just remember going, man, that's the type of archer that i'd like to uh, strive to be you know and yeah. that was that was a, a shot for him that was nothing you know but most average archers are even you know 30 maybe 40 max um, but when you get the practice in and do and, and, and get your body used to it you know an archer can be accurate you know 60 70 80 yards if he knows what he's doing you know yeah. so yeah. Um, it takes practice.
0: Yep, so. And uh, I'm not going to be taking shots like that when I'm only picking my bow up in June, you know what I mean? Or, or, or late right. May. So uh, I've always wanted to kill a turkey um, with a bow and I just, I, I'm never prepared by the time turkey season gets around. So I, I need to start right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And, and I think that's wise and, and turkey season is great practice. You know, you yep. know, that that's you know we're just a few months away from that opening day so getting out and sitting and shooting your bow you know that's that's really important
0: so yeah all right uh anything else
1: well i you know i i just think a, a good reminder to to all the folks out there listening you know this this deer season can be more than just a few months of you hunt it, it can be a year-round um sport and uh, and i would encourage you there's you know there's, it's not wasted time getting out the timber and, and getting out in creation and uh and enjoying it and doing a little oh preparations for the following season you know and so i would encourage you guys make it a family event uh, that's what it is for us you know getting out with grandpa and dad and girls you know and we we enjoy it and we benefit from it and, yeah you know this year we, we harvested as a family all three generations we harvest did seven deer, you know, and, uh, I, I took two tremendous bucks, one with my bow, one with my muzzleloader and all my girls filled their tags and grandpa filled their tags. So, you know, we, we've, we've figured out the equation and the equation starts now, you know, and yeah. that's, that's what I would encourage you to do. So.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, there's a lot of emphasis in the hunting community and the hunting industry uh, about retention and getting new hunters or, um, you know, maybe hunters that have given it up, uh, to get back into the sport. And I, and I know that you have your hands full with your three daughter or your four daughters, but has there Mm -hmm. ever been any interest by some of your daughter's friends to get involved with hunting?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, my oldest daughter, uh, just a few years ago, she said, you know, Dad, we were actually sitting in a deer stand and she said, uh, you know, dad, if, if, if it's all right with you when I'm old enough, could I start taking like younger girls out and, and teaching them hunt?' She goes, I like hunting with you. I, I want to spend time with you, but you know, is that okay? And I said, baby, if that's what your heart desires, yeah, do it. You know, that, that is just incredible to see that, you know, the passion that she has, uh uh, spending time outdoors with her dad is now something that she wants to pass on to people around her, you know? And so, yeah, they have asked and, uh, and I'm sure that will happen. It hasn't happened yet, but, um, it's more or less kind of convincing these families that have never been hunting before. You know, why, why is it, why would you want to do that for my daughter? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it does. I think it'd be fun. I think the girls would enjoy it. And I think, you bringing these young ones into a sport that hasn't been a part of their upbringing, um, just might trigger something that that would continue for generations in their family. And that, that's really the hope of it. So,
0: right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, uh, again, I know you're busy with, uh, your family, but do you take any trips outside of the state, uh, to go hunt?
1: Yes. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that, uh, I have, uh, my, my dad and uncle, and then I've got a brother-in-law and a cousin. So these there's these five men in my family that are all very much um, outdoorsmen. And so we have, for probably about the last 15 years, uh, any chance that we get, we, we'd like to go out to Wyoming and do a antelope hunt. Um, so lately that's been, our draw has been about every three years for the unit we hunt there. Um, my dad and I, we uh, just a year ago went out and did a cow elk hunt in uh, southeastern Wyoming, uh, which was a blast. It was just kind of uh, having fun with that. We, we've um, Dad and I also go to Nebraska for turkey hunting and trout fishing in the early spring. And, uh, and we've done a few uh, feral hog hunts down in Oklahoma and areas like that. So, yeah, we, we try to get out of the state and experience some different terrain. And, and again, for us, it's, it's a family thing. We turn it into kind of a reunion of sorts. And uh, we have fun doing it, and uh, create a lot of memories, take a lot of pictures. But thankfully, too, we've had success, you know. And that's yeah. that's just the draw to keep going. And uh, um, and I would encourage you know, I, but we're DIYers. You know, we, we like to do it ourselves. Yep. So um, it takes one of us doing the research, and then kind of presenting it to all the guys in our family, and and everybody's going, "All right, let's put it on the counter and let's make a go of it." So yeah, uh, and I, so yeah, I, we're hoping to get out. And, this fall uh we'll put it for our draw i think we got enough points and we'll see what
0: happens awesome yeah i uh i've been planning i I got six years uh this will be year number seven of preference points for uh wyoming so i applied for uh wyoming elk archery tag this year so uh we we'll we'll see what happens man i think i'll find out in may if i draw or not
1: Fantastic. Well, good
0: yeah. luck with that. Yeah. And, and kind of in the, in the spirit of this podcast and the topics that we've been discussing, um, if you ever want to go hunt or have any interest in hunting outside of your home state, uh, now's the time to do that research. Because there are plenty of opportunities out there for deer hunting in other states where all you have to do is have your gear and show up and buy a tag at Walmart and they'll let you hunt
1: that's true very true yep Yep. so
0: well i tell you what this is a short and sweet podcast ryan man i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on the phone with me and uh chat about these things so uh thanks for your time and good luck uh, this upcoming season
1: all right thanks dan it's been my pleasure and yep we'll talk to you soon
0: have you ever considered using an electric bike to get deeper into the backcountry Quiet Cat is the leader in off-road electric mountain bikes and will guarantee greater accessibility to areas that are impossible or extremely difficult to access. Compatible with an assortment of accessories, Quiet Cat is here to outfit your next adventure. Haul more gear in and haul your game out with Quiet Cat. Check them out at www.quietcat.com.